0: You're listening to Breathe Like a Badass, the podcast for ambitious but anxious women who want to cut through overwhelm, negative self-talk, constant comparison, and fear so that they can get the inner calm, clarity, and focus that they need to build happy, fulfilling, freedom-filled businesses and lives that truly light them up, which is what we all want, right? I'm Hannah, your host, and I am an e-slash INFP. Yes, I can be an extrovert and an introvert almost at the same time and I live in Southwest London with my coffee, very plentiful supply of chocolate and my partner Ollie and I use down-to-earth science-based meditation techniques to support women like you in creating the successful, fulfilling and incredible freedom-filled life and business that you deserve. Long story short, I help you to be and love exactly who you are so that you can go out and do the work that you truly love and that really lights you up in this podcast i interview some absolutely incredible guests on topics ranging from meditation mindfulness habits the power of routine how to be kind to yourself and just give yourself a damn break what it's like when you try things and fail what it's like when you try things and actually maybe succeed, and how to take all of that hard-won life experience to become more fulfilled women, business owners, partners, friends, parents, or whatever it is that is super important and central to making our lives more meaningful, powerful, and successful, whatever that means to us. This week, I'm talking to Fiona Thomas, a freelance writer based in Birmingham. Fiona's first book is a mental health memoir called Depression in a Digital Age, and her second is a guide to freelancing called Out of Office, which is available to pre-order now. In this episode, Fiona and I really dig deep on how to navigate the world of work when you have mental health issues, or even if you're just a normal, living, breathing, emotional human being. And how and why so many women have finally decided that being their own boss is preferable to office politics and business burnout. In this wide-ranging and very honest conversation, we talked about Fiona's journey from being signed off with depression and burnout at work. And how she found a new career online and is now making a living as a writer and course creator. How adulthood is so often about unlearning everything that we thought that we were supposed to be doing as an adult. We talked about how to be yourself at work, how to start a new career in freelancing even if you feel that you're not good enough, not ready or not qualified, how to show up as yourself online and how being honest helps others to live their purpose too. We talked about how to give yourself permission to dream big, the problem with toxic positivity and why we all need to learn to just feel our feelings. We talked about learning to know yourself whether you're introverted or extroverted or somewhere in between, and how to make your work actually work for you and not the other way around. As usual, all of the show notes, the references and everything that we talked about in this episode can be found on my website at breathelikeabadass.com forward slash podcast. Okay Fiona, we are recording. Thank you so much for being here. Um, It's it's such a pleasure to have you here because I've seen you on Instagram and I love everything you do and I just can't wait to chat with you about all things freelancing and everything in between. Thank you so much for having me. A pleasure as always. Before we dive into you and your work and why you're here and all that good stuff,
1: what are you obsessed with at the moment? Like what are you loving? I am obsessed with my kindle. Uh so i got I've always been like a physical book person. Like I love holding a book, touching a book. I love libraries, I love the smell of a library. Um I've always just been a physical book person. But I realized that I travel a lot. So I live in Birmingham, but I'm from Scotland and I travel, you well, know, when traveling as well I travel for work. Um and I realized obviously you can only take one book really when you're traveling so my husband bought me a kindle for my birthday last year and ever since then like my my the number of books that I've read has skyrocketed thanks to this kindle just because I can have it with me at all times and if I it's not like when you take a book and then you realize actually I don't fancy reading that book um whereas when you've got the kindle I've got like hundreds of books on there, and I I don't know what what it is that why it's made it so easy to get into reading again, um. But I'm just absolutely obsessed with that, and obsessed with reading fiction now as well, which I've never never really gotten into. I've always been a non-fiction person, I think, because I think that obsession with like productivity and like if you're reading, it's got to be like for a purpose, and I've got to learn how to do this and be a better person, and these know all these skills. Um but this year I've really kind of let myself um let my mind rest but also I guess just trying to be creative as creative as possible and as a writer um reading fiction's been great for that so definitely obsessed with my Kindle. (laughs) That is
0: awesome. You know what I've had a similar experience um because actually my boyfriend bought me a new case for it. Um as well for uh, my birthday and it somehow the case was just perfect and it was just so slimline and beautiful and it was a a design that i'd put on my wish list ages ago and he just bought it and it was a total surprise And somehow it just made me more obsessed with the Kindle because it was just such a beautiful thing just to open and I loved the cover and the case and and I've been exactly the same as you. I always feel like if I'm reading something, it has to be productive or it has to be like 10 steps to smash this goal or, you know, some kind of psychology book or something about meditation that I'm learning that I can then use in my business and actually... I always forget how much I love reading fiction. And I usually only read fiction like when I'm on holiday or something like that. It's the only time that I give myself permission. And actually I've, I've actually joined two book clubs recently and they've been forcing me to read fiction books that I wouldn't normally read. And I completely agree with you. It's so nice to just like be able to have something on the go all the time. Awesome, I love that. Shared love of Kindle, amazing. Okay, cool. Well, now that we've got that out of the way and we've explored our love of fiction, Um, I would love for you to introduce people that don't know you who you are and what your story is and how you got to be doing what you do now and how would you summarize what you do now
1: yeah this is a hard one um it's really hard to describe yourself to other people don't you find (laughs) yeah
0: I know Um, I love I love how that's like the introductory like easy question like tell me your entire life story like
1: go ahead (laughs) so I am freelance writer and author. I started blogging in 2012 and started taking it a bit more seriously in 2016 and that's when I started niching down and writing only about mental health and it was just my experience with mental health because I had a mental breakdown in 2012 and since then I've just been dealing with depression and anxiety and just wanted a way to kind of express myself really so started blogging on that topic and just found that I really really loved it and got a really good response from people and after doing that for a year or so I managed to get published in the metro and after that I started pitching to other magazines and websites and then I started getting work doing blogging for small businesses and started running other people's social media accounts and basically just got so much work offered to me that I quit my day job which at that time was working in a cafe making sandwiches so I was really excited to turn my back on that (laughs) it wasn't my dream so really excited to turn my back on that and jump into freelance writing for a living Um, and then in 2018 my first book was published which is called Depression in the Digital Age and it's my mental health memoir all about living in the nineties, so growing up without the internet, and then the role that played in my life um kind of post university um which is when I had my mental breakdown, and then I talk about how social media was really great for me um during my recovery process because, like I said, started blogging um started talking about it on social media, um yeah, and just the kind of double edged sword of social media and how it can help and hinder mental health um that was 2018 and then this year my second book is coming out which is called out of office and that's a no nonsense guide to freelancing uh, but with quite a lot of mindset and mental health chat thrown in because that's that's kind of the reason that I was really passionate about getting into freelancing because i knew that the traditional work environment wasn't really conducive to me having a great um a great mental health experience so I wanted to make sure that that was in there so that people could see the benefit of going freelance and also so that existing freelancers could understand um, how they can manage their mental health because it's something that a lot of freelancers actually feel great when they start work and then after a few years they realize that it can take a toll on their mental health so there's some tips in there for how to kind of be your own boss and like a in that sense of the word, of literally take care of yourself in the way that an employer would.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. There's so much in what you said that I'm just dying to ask you questions about. But the first thing that really struck me was, you mentioned that you started blogging about your mental health, your anxiety and depression, after you had what you call a mental breakdown. So can you explain what you were writing about on your blog? What, How did you write in a way that was helping you after that experience or that was helping others? Was it just like a diary about your experience? Or were you writing about how, you know, I don't know, that 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 lots of other people experienced the same issues? How did that come about for you?
1: So initially I started the blog to talk about health and fitness because I just wanted to write I was off work. I was off work for about a year, unable to work whilst I was recovering. And I just wanted to write because I was bored. I just wanted a hobby. So I was really into fitness. So I started writing about that and then realised that I think I'd maybe written about 20 blog posts. <laughs> I'd ran out of things to write about. Um, and I suppose I, that was just then me realising, okay, I want to write, but I actually want to write about more meaningful subjects. And I didn't really know what. I just knew that I wanted to kind of dig or, dig deeper into my thoughts and my feelings and and somehow write about that and i think the first thing that i really wrote about was what it was like to give up alcohol so i didn't i didn't decide i'm going to write about mental health because i want the world to know <laughs> about my experience i really just it was just something that was on my mind because i'd given up alcohol for about a year at that point and i just found it really hard because everybody around me or a lot of people around me didn't really understand why I had given it up and they weren't really respectful to the fact that it was something I really had to do to to save myself because I was binge drinking I was drinking to forget I was drinking on medication all the things that you're not supposed to do Um, and I just really wanted to explain it in a way that helped me understand it wasn't really for anyone else And I wasn't, at that point, I wasn't at a place where I could verbalise those issues. I couldn't talk to anyone. Even though I was getting professional help, I was talking to a counsellor. I didn't talk about my mental health to anyone, really. Um, If somebody asked me how I was, I would just say I'm fine. But it wasn't something that I could talk about openly. So it just kind of happened organically. I wrote that blog post and didn't really tell anyone about it. I just published it. And and people, strangers on the internet, commented on it. Um, So it really just started as a way for me to articulate my thoughts and organise them. And a lot of the time, I'm I'm sure you find this as well. Like, I don't, I didn't really know what I was trying to get off my chest until I started writing. Um, So I started with that and just found that really cathartic. And then started writing a bit about um, body image and then from that going on to like panic attacks, social anxiety, depression, Um, and genuinely it wasn't for anyone else it really was just you know a lot of people say oh if I could just help one person with my words I was like no (laughs) that was not my intention it was purely selfish and I'm like quite happy to admit that it was just selfish Um self-expression and it just so happened that people read it and understood how it felt and i think a lot it made a lot of people feel less alone and made them feel seen by reading someone else being able to articulate it. Mm, yeah, 100%, that's incredible. It's amazing. I love that.
0: Um i mean as i say every time that you answer a question it just makes me want to ask 10 more questions about what you've said. Um, But I wonder if you wouldn't mind explaining what you mean when you say that you had a nervous breakdown and how did that, how did that happen for you? How did you know that that's kind of what was happening and what made you sort of realize like, oh, okay, this is serious. Like I need to take time off work. I need to seek help. And also from a sort of recovery point of view, how has that then informed what you do now? if that makes sense
1: um so there wasn't really one wasn't really one big breaking point for me and I didn't know it was a mental breakdown until months afterwards if that makes sense um so I was working on a really high well it was high pressure job to me because I'm an introvert and I was young at the time and I was head of a department um and a lot of people had left department and all the work had fallen onto me and I am a chronic people pleaser I say yes to everything I was really driven I really wanted to climb up the ladder in my career at that point I was working in hospitality so I was working in the hospitality section of like a big tourist attraction in Scotland Um, and I just didn't I didn't realize that I was getting burnt out and I'd actually been suffering I'd suffered from burnout in a job before that but I didn't realise. I didn't know what burnout was Um and I suffered from it again then and just pushed through it and pushed through it and just thought that that was what it was like to be an adult. I just thought that you fell asleep on the couch every night and that you didn't have the energy to wash and blow dry your hair um, and that you didn't have the energy to exercise or see people and that you were anxious and angry all the time I just thought that was I just thought I wasn't coping with stuff that I should be able to cope with so I didn't ask for help because I didn't think really that that was an option um but during that time I was the workload was getting too much and I was learning to drive as well and during a driving lesson I'd been driving for several months and I drove on the wrong side of the road and didn't really notice until the driving instructor told me um so that was that was kind of a light bulb moment of mm, I don't feel like hit really in control of myself and something doesn't feel quite right and then I think about a week or so after that, I went into work and it was just a regular day, and I had a my to do list written out of stuff I needed to do that day, and it was all stuff like regular stuff there was nothing unusual but I couldn't do the stuff on the list. So it was maybe like phone the supplier and place this order. And um I just couldn't do it. I was just sitting looking at the phone and looking at the list and just there was some sort of mental block there that I couldn't I couldn't do it. Um and I'd thought about I had wanted time off at this point because I knew I just thought I was really tired. And I thought I'm gonna phone the doctor because I'm going to get a sick line because if I get a sick line then I can just sleep for two weeks and then I'll be fine so I was trying to get time off for being sick but I didn't actually think I was sick so I made an appointment at the doctor and then I thought well I'm gonna have to tell her tell the doctor what's up like so that I can get this sick line so I wrote down all my symptoms like lots and lots of symptoms like being teary all the time not being able to do certain tasks um, feeling very anxious feeling very worried feeling stressed feeling tired um and then when I went into the doctor and gave her the list I just I just broke down um and she gave me two two weeks off for anxiety but during that two weeks that's when I'd say that's when it, that's when it was an entire breakdown because I had time to stop and that was when i realized well i didn't realize but that's when i became depressed because i just felt um just that hopelessness and that what is the point in anything this is awful don't want to be alive there's just just a complete darkness like um and so when i went back after the two weeks i said it's changed like this is i really don't feel right at all and then i never ever went back to that job i was off work for six months i think and then said to them, really sorry i can't come back and then took about another six months to get back to a very low level um waitressing part-time waitressing job um so it's been a long time to get back to well i don't even say like i hate it when people say like oh you're back to your old self because i feel like it's a complete evolution of a new person after that um yeah yeah oh. I I
0: totally get that. It's kind of like you say the word evolution really yeah that really hits home for me. It's a continual learning process. It's like there is no previous you. There's just you having had these experiences now and like how can you move forward with what you've learned from these experiences and you 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 probably never be the same person but but what does that even mean anyway? Why would you want to be, Do you know yeah.
1: I mean? Well, I feel like the person the person that I was up to that point was me doing the things that I thought I should be doing and acting the way that I thought I should be as an adult I thought when you graduate this is what you have to do um whereas now I I think as the older you get as well you just realize that no you've got to do the things that are right for you whether that feels right within society or within your own expectations or your family's expectations you've got to do what feels right for you and that's Answer the other part of your question about how it's informed what I do now, and um, that's why freelancing is so important to me because I can control not only the little things like my working hours and you know how much I get paid and what days I work and having sick days, but also just what I actually work on. Um, I wouldn't have been able to come out of a hospitality job and get a job as a writer. Somewhere because I don't have the qualifications, but I don't think I would want that now anyway, um, because now I can work with the people that I want to work with and work on the projects I want to. Um, and even when I don't have clients, I can create my own, like we were talking about earlier, doing an online course. I can do all these things now and mold and shape a business that's completely unique to me and can change as the years go on um so it's been yeah it's been the best thing for me so
0: fantastic to hear that I love it I just love how you just speak about it all just like falling into place kind of like you're able to just have that freedom and I think that what you were saying it really resonates with me I mean honestly the last how many years five years of my adult life have been me unlearning everything that I thought that I knew about what I should be doing with my life and how I should be. And I do think that for so many people, especially women, but maybe I'm biased because those are the ones that I speak to the most, but it just feels like so many of us are always in this like constant unlearning process of I've done everything I thought I should do. Everything. I've been good at school. I've got my grades. I've done my degree. I've got this job or I've behaved like this or I've got whatever it might be we've always done what we thought we should do and now we're like oh okay well this is the point at which I thought I'd be really happy, thriving, doing amazingly well and uh, actually something is still missing what's going on and for many of us like you say it's not just that something is, is missing, it's that we get to a point where we actually can't do it anymore. Like our bodies and our minds just stop working very similarly to what happened to you and maybe some people don't get to that point where you know they literally go to the doctor with a list of symptoms and the doctor's like okay great you need to like not be not be working but I think many of us probably are nearly at that point or do get to that point where we are completely burnt out and we just don't really know what to do with it because we just think that's how things are supposed to be like you said
1: yeah and working Hopefully, it's something that's going to shift in the future. But the thing about working in traditional employment is you don't, you might have one boss who really understands mental health and can look for the signs of burnout and can treat you like a person, not just a robot. But you're not in control of that at all times. So if that boss leaves or if you go to another job, like you're always putting yourself in a position where you just don't know how this company or this employer is going to accommodate you whether you've got mental health issues or not you could go there and get mental health issues because of the way they treat you um and that that's something that just was always in the back of my mind of I'm always going to have these mental health issues um and I never want never wanted to tell obviously people in the interview or when I was just when I got the job didn't want to tell them about it. and then once you get settled and maybe they do accommodate your mental health like are you going to be there forever then do you have to leave and start somewhere again and keep it a secret from them and pretend to be okay and a lot of the time I've had employers that they've got the policies in place but they just don't put them into practice so you know it might be the HR department might have it there in black and white of what they're supposed to do but you know that if you don't turn up that day that your whole team is going to be giving you, you know, the silent treatment because of what you've done. Or or you hear the way that people like I've had it before where I've heard the way people talk about another employee that has mental health issues. So I know, well, that's going to be me if I open up. So it just feels like it's really hard to be your own boss, but at least you know <laughs> at least you know who that person is, as opposed to leaving it up to um a company trying their best or not trying at all to accommodate
0: you 100% like honestly so many things that I want to say about that i mean i've had such a similar experience i found the working 9 to 5 environment extremely toxic to not only just mental health issues but just to the idea that you are actually a person mm-hmm. and a human and that you might have great days and some less great days and i felt Maybe I was unlucky because I do speak to some people who have workplaces that are able to accommodate them and they do feel really supported and they have great colleagues and they have a great boss, which is awesome. But in all of my working environments before I decided to go freelance and and start my own business were exactly like you described. It was like they kind of knew what they probably should be doing or they had a model for what it was supposed to be like. But in practice. It felt totally toxic. I couldn't be honest about how I was feeling. I felt like I didn't want to reveal any kind of human side of myself. I had to always just be, yeah, fine, no worries. Couldn't really even make friends in the office because it was the kind of environment where if I opened up to someone and started being honest about how I was feeling, it would then later somehow be used against me or it was just... I found it to be surprisingly toxic compared to what I had imagined. And I'm someone that kind of thinks that I kind of get on with people and I'm quite kind of chatty and amenable. And, and even then I found that I just totally couldn't be myself. And when you couple that with other things that happen in a nine to five kind of corporate environment, like presenteeism, office politics, uh, kind of people thinking that you're only worth, you know, how many hours you sit at the desk pleasing your boss, people's egos. I mean, I could go on. It's one of the reasons why I set up my business and why I try and support women in business and female entrepreneurs, because I just believe that we're all individuals and we deserve to be treated as individuals. And I love women who are like you, who are doing their own thing and who are finding that confidence to say, I know myself and I know what I want, and I know what's important to me, so I'm not going to wait for a boss to hand it to me, I'm going to make it myself, I'm going to go out there and and do it, and create my own perfect job, which, which for me is revolutionary, because I grew up never thinking that was an option, I yeah. never thought that was possible.
1: And something that I found when I was writing the second book, Out of Office, um, is that lots of women are going into freelancing and it's not because we're all like oh I'd love to have a business I'd love to have to pay my own wages every month <laughs> women are just like I, c- I can't deal with just traditional way of working anymore like they feel backed into a corner they've been um, discriminated against because they're a parent or just because they're a woman or they've not shown up with a full face of makeup or they've not dressed the way they're supposed to dress and they just feel like they're discriminated against and they've just gone well I feel like I've not really got any option now so I'm just gonna go out on my own um which I thought was really interesting because that's definitely the way it happened for me I felt like um well this is the only way that I'm going to be able to get the flexibility that I need so I'll just give it a go totally Yeah, I mean, just a few
0: examples, like obviously I have more questions to ask you and I'd love to talk to you more about your new book. But I mean, for example, I remember I attended an interview for a job in quite a corporate environment and it was snowing outside and I had boots on and I knew that I didn't want to attend the interview in boots. So I sat in the kind of reception area, sort of quite discreetly, got my sort of nice high heel shoes out of the bag and as sort of discreetly and as quickly as possible changed from my sort of snow boots into high heels and got on with the interview I thought and it was only later that through the grapevine I heard that the receptionist had kind of reported me to someone and sort of said oh yeah she's ready for the interview but she's just like changing out of her big boots and sort of in a way that made me feel as though I'd done something wrong and I didn't get the job anyway it was a long story short very complicated reasons why not but basically. I was just like well thank god like I wouldn't want to work somewhere like that where I feel as though just being a human being and like changing my shoes is seen as this kind of like negative thing and then another example that always comes back to me is it will be no surprise to people that follow me on Instagram that I love kind of I really love a good quote and I know that some people hate inspirational quotes but some really good ones for me They really inspire me you know they really kind of light me up they remind me that other people have had the same similar issues that I've had and they some you know sometimes you just need a good quote and you're like oh yeah okay cool I'm back on track and I remember one time in my office I stuck up a discreet little printout of a quote I think it was an Anaïs Nin quote it was something like It was the one about blooming, you know, suddenly she watched, it became easier to blossom than to stay in a bud or I'm completely ruining the quote, but basically it was that quote. And, um, I pinned it up on my board and got on with my day. And I overheard two colleagues later laughing like next to my desk and like laughing about me, about the fact that I'd put up this like ridiculous quote on my desk and, you know, and I was just like, wow, this, this is not, the environment that I want to be in for like the rest of my working career you know <laughs> it was yeah. just like just things like that just just tiny things every day that would happen like that um that just made me think like yeah, this is probably not for me this was not the dream that I was sold when I was working at my university degree thinking that my ultimate dream was to get a job this was not what I had in mind <laughs> so yeah yeah that's I, horrible it was yeah it was pretty mean and the and these colleagues were not even people that I've particularly had a problem with. They were just, that was just the office environment, you know, like any kind of individuality or doing something that showed your emotions was just like, so not okay. Um, and I just love how since quitting my job and since setting up my business and since being really open about the fact that I do have emotions and I do have mental health struggles and I do think about these things, I've just found that community of women that are the same. And that's one of the reasons that I was so glad to see your work and see and discover you. We're in coronavirus lockdown still in the UK and the world of work has, I think, been irrevocably changed because of everybody having to work from home, people learning how to use zoom and I'm kind of like welcome to zoom everyone like us online business owners have been using zoom for like the past three years like welcome to the zoom party um do you think or how do you feel about the world of work changing because of people being able to do their work from home and actually Maybe, for example, when I, when I quit my job really quickly, I'll just explain where this question's coming from. When I quit my job, I didn't quit it because I hated the job. I hated the commute. I hated the presenteeism. And I said to my boss, like, I'll very happily carry on working for you. So you don't have to go through the whole thing of finding someone to replace me, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I just want to do it from home more days a week. And basically the answer was a flat out no. Like, sorry, that's not company policy. You need to have your bum on your seat. You need to be here nine to five. That's just how we do things. And that was it. There was no room for negotiation at all. And something that I've been really fascinated to watch is all of these businesses kind of realising, oh, actually we can work from home and actually it is possible. What do you think about that as someone who, like you say, didn't necessarily always love the nine to five environment?
1: Yes, I mean, studies show that in a, not in a, pandemic but in a normal situation people who work from home generally are happier and they are more productive and they get more done frustratingly although they tend to work longer hours take fewer breaks take fewer holidays but that's something that we all need to work on individually but generally yeah people are more focused when they get to work from home Um, assuming that you know there's no distractions like kids and stuff like that Um, and what the studies show is that people don't necessarily want to work from home they just want autonomy so they want to be trusted to work at a time that works for them in a location that works for them without distractions if that's what suits them um with the ability to be home for a delivery or be home for their kids so it's that it's the flexibility that people want um and if this is forced companies to see that is logistically possible then I think that's a great thing I don't think that everybody should be working from home like I think that would be a horrible scenario (laughs) because we can't all you know we've got families they can't all be working from home this is not it's not logistically possible um but I really hope that the majority of companies can see now that that is an option for people um but there's also people that love working in an office and I think I think hopefully what this has done is let, you know, a large majority of the population experience it themselves so that now, in that situation where you've asked to work from home, previously, the rest of the workforce would have been judgmental or jealous or annoyed or thinking that you were getting special treatment. But now, that whole workforce knows whether they would like that or not. So now they can say, well, she can have it, but I don't want it. Yeah. So yes. I think now everybody knows what it's like and whether they would work well that way. Um, And they know that you're not doing it because you want a skive. They know that you've proven that you can be productive that way. So I'm hoping, yeah, that the people who need it and the people that will thrive that way will get it or at least get the option to do it for some of the time. Yeah, Fairly
0: 100%. Great. I agree. I agree. I think it's just been so brilliant for employers to kind of be forced to see that it can work yeah. and maybe it's not right for everyone long term and maybe some people are like oh god please let me out the house I can't do this anymore but for some people maybe it wasn't even an option before mm-hmm. and their employer has been shown that it can be an option and that stuff can get done
1: and businesses, works. businesses must see as well now. Oh, well, if if 50% of our workforce are from home, then we need 50% less desks, 50% less buildings, 50... Like, it's not... Like, there's great benefits to you as an employee as well, so I'm sure the smart people have figured that out now and they're starting to think about how they can... You know, people can work from home from part of the time and it will make things... It will have, like, a tangible impact on their bottom line as well, so... Totally.
0: Yeah, totally. From a purely selfish point of view, I just think it's so great to be able to work from home just because you're like we've spoken about earlier in this conversation, just to have the flexibility and the freedom to decide what time you start. Or maybe like me, I don't love exercising in the morning, but I always exercise at lunchtime before I have my lunch. Whereas if I'm in my nine to five job, I've got to squeeze a workout into an hour I've got to eat my lunch in like a quick 10 minutes and rush back into the office all sweaty and do I have time to have a shower and all that stuff that when you're working from home it's like I can take two hours to do a proper workout have a shower have a nice sort of leisurely lunch
1: and then just work later or whatever it might be that's just an example but and you probably wouldn't even need to work later you would get the same amount of work done because you'd be feeling revitalized because you've worked out exactly it's just a great a great example and obviously i would never have
0: wished for a global pandemic to be the thing that forces people to rethink work but hey it's a silver lining i guess we've
1: got to find the positives haven't
0: we totally um so let's talk about your new book out of office Um what made you decide to write it and how's it going because it's it's not it's just on pre-order isn't it at the moment yeah
1: yeah so i when my first book was published I knew I wanted to write another one so (laughs) I didn't know what about Um, but I just knew I wanted to write another book so the day after Depression in a Digital Age was published I wrote a proposal for this book and sent it off to my editor and we kind of tweaked it and we spent a few months just figuring out what it was going to be about. Originally it was going to just be about Mental health for freelancers, um, but we decided to make it a bit broader, and I'm glad we did because it's now a book for people who have never freelanced before. So it's people for people who have never gone freelance and want to get started, but also for seasoned freelancers who just want a bit of support. So I think it now appeals to a wider audience, but it's still got that mental health angle. I really decided to write it because it was just the topic that was on my mind and it was the reality that I was living at that point and it just felt like the next logical step because my first book um, talks about my life up until my mental breakdown and then the beginning of my blogging journey and then getting paid work as a writer but then it just kind of it stops there so this book seemed like the logical next step of here's what's possible based off having a mental breakdown and being open about your um, situation online and then because that really grew grew me an online audience that then bought my book and then has helped me facilitate this career as a freelancer so I really just wanted to first of all answer all the questions that people have about going freelance and all the questions that I was too embarrassed to ask in the beginning like how like what is an invoice how do you make an invoice what how do I pay my tax what can I claim as an expense can I claim coffee as a business expense can I buy a coffee machine as a business expense and um, the answer is I no I'm really. gonna go ahead
0: and say like absolutely like coffee machine absolutely business expense
1: couldn't do you it, can't, it you can't you can't claim it it's really annoying. You can't. Well, not really? unless you have an, not unless you have an off like an actual company and an office with employees. I know you're just self-employed. Yeah, it's so sad. It's sad. Anyway, you'll find out all about that in the book. um And then <laughs> I also just wanted to because I've seen a lot of books about freelancing and self employment, and they have like small bits about how to have a morning routine or how to like hear some self care tips, but not really like getting into the nitty-gritty of what it's like and the the feelings of guilt that you feel and the comparison um and the lack of motivation and then the burnout all that kind of thing so I've really gone quite deep into those kind of topics um in the last it's four sections in the book and that's the last section so really like practical tips on how to actually take time off and not feel bad about it and how to plan for that um, and how to deal with the kind of negative internal dialogue of putting too much pressure on yourself and all that kind of stuff so I feel like it's a really good well-rounded manual that people can hopefully dive in and out of for practical reasons and then also just as a little pep talk of you're doing you're doing okay don't you know don't forget to take time off don't forget to stop and chill out and don't forget to do the stuff that you really enjoy as well In in work and out of work
0: yeah 100% I love that I mean I pre-ordered the book like at least a week ago if not like as soon as I saw your post that it was ready for pre-order
1: I was like yep need that absolutely gonna add that to my uh, shelf Uh, so it was supposed to come out in August but because of Covid the print book is coming out on October 1st but the ebook will be available on June 17th, which, okay. is, really, which is really soon, which is great. So it um, must be that one. I think it I, anyway, whichever book that
0: was available as soon as you announced it, I have got it on pre-order. So there we go. It's ready. As soon as it's available, I'm going to read it. It sounds absolutely brilliant. It sounds like it it deals with all of the aspects of homeworking, working for yourself that so many other books just don't really touch, like you say.
1: Yeah, because there are a lot of books for entrepreneurs and for girl bosses inverted commas. Um, but yeah, I'm just I just felt like there was space for a book that answered some other questions. Um, and I hope I've done that, especially the mental health section I was writing when I was really mentally unwell. Um, so and it's it feels like it was such. It was a pleasure try but it was a lot of hard work because there was a lot of research to be done um, I've interviewed a lot of people as well so there's some um, great interviews from other female business owners like um, Vix Meldrew there's an interview with Pernabelle, um Alice Benham some other journalists as well so there's some great like insight from people that I really respect um, and people that have definitely got uh, other types of businesses, and they've got mental health on their agenda as well. So, so yeah, it was a lot of work, and it's definitely the hardest thing I've ever had to write. But I think it's the best thing I've ever written.
0: <laughs> yeah, it sounds incredible. That's awesome. I love that how you've incorporated interviews as well as your own experience. That's
1: that's amazing to be able yeah. to. Make- well, I've yeah. only been freelancing really since two thousand and eighteen. So, but then. Although that makes me a bit of a beginner, I still, I feel like there's still a space for that because I know that I'm still a few steps ahead of people who haven't even got started yet and I'm not here to say I know everything and I say that a lot in the book that I don't have all the answers but that's, that's a good thing because that's proof that you don't need to have all the answers to be successful. Totally. It's okay to go in and just figure stuff out as you go. But I think that's what's such a powerful
0: message about what you talk about, because people that know me will will know this, but I don't talk about it all the time. But like I'm I'm a trained journalist. Like I went to university. I did a master's in journalism. And I technically did work in journalism. I worked in trade magazines, on trade hospitality websites. um, And I was like, you know, a real live journalist. But I always felt as though I never got as far in the profession as I wanted and I always I I felt like I wanted to be freelance and and write for all the magazines that I had grown up admiring and I am still working on that to be quite honest like it's something that I still feel like I've got so much more to learn and you know like I say I went to university for journalism and I still don't feel like I know kind of how to do the perfect pitch or how to write for all of my favorite magazines or how to craft an idea or all of the things that people feel like they need to know if they're going to be a freelance journalist and that's why i'm so attracted by your message why i think it's so important because on paper you would think that somebody like me or you know people people like me who've, who've got all the qualifications on paper would should be incredibly successful but actually it's not just about that it's about how how confident you are about doing it it's about having the confidence to to know that you don't know everything but just doing it anyway and I think for so many years I just held myself back because I just thought well I've got this qualification but I don't know this yet or I don't know this or I'm not confident enough or what if this happens or what if they say no or all of these things and that is mental that's not physical that's not that's not because I don't have like i say the piece of paper that that says i know journalism in inverted quotes it, it's it's like actually it, the mental side of it is so key i mean to everything that you do i mean that's that's what i think that's why i teach meditation because for me it was kind of it was the tool that i discovered that i never even knew that i needed that was kind of the missing piece in my kind of mental toolbox like I'm supposed to have everything that I need and actually I don't. And actually I still feel like I don't have the confidence or I don't have the direction or whatever it might be. And then to be able to understand how your mental health can be so important in everything else that you go on to do. Like that's why I think that what you're doing is just like so needed because it's, it's, it's a piece that people forget about. Like you say, when you were so stressed in your job, you were burned out but you didn't even know because no one had really spoken to you about that being an even possibility
1: yeah which is why I think people just being honest about their mental health is the, the the best thing that all of us can do to to see a change in the way we're all feeling it's not necessarily always about giving people solutions all the time um and I think that's the thing that I was missing during my recovery was that I was taking my medication I was seeing a doctor I was seeing um, a counsellor I had great like financial and logistical support from my husband and my family but I was just missing that piece of somebody who understood what I was actually going through and I think that's that's definitely what I try and deliver through being online is just to whether it's with mental health or freelancing just letting people know that I'm going through that as well and I don't have all the answers but if we're all struggling a bit then it's fine like it means that it's okay to struggle totally so you mentioned about how important it
0: is to be honest and one of the things that I love about your Instagram page right now is that it is very open it really feels like you get an insight into your life Um, you post for example recently you've been posting about your daily workouts and you do a beautiful thing on your stories with your coffee when you're pouring your beautiful coffee into your glass and I just love those little moments but I think for some people and I've struggled with it too to be so open online it can be difficult I sometimes find myself feeling like I have to put on a brave face when i'm online kind of pretend to be more positive than i'm really feeling i'm like oh should i post a picture of myself with absolutely no makeup on or should i go and put some makeup on because otherwise it's not going to look it's not going to look right or do i do i show people a picture of my workouts or do actually i don't want people to see that kind of thing or and, and something even more for example like how how much do i be myself like in everyday life, I swear a lot. So do I swear on my Instagram? Is that the kind of image I want to give? Or I've, I have definitely been working on showing up much more as myself and removing that veneer of what I think I'm supposed to, or should be like.
1: Mm.
0: And it seems to come very naturally to you. And like you say, it's so important to be honest about how you're feeling and what your life is like. Is that something that you've just been able to do kind of innately or have you had to Figure out what that level of honesty looks like
1: to you. I just think I've never, I've never been a high maintenance kind of person with like makeup and hair and clothes. I've never had any airs or graces. (laughs) Like I've always just been, you know, this is this is me. Like I'll, you know, I could go to work one day with no makeup on and then go the next day with full face of makeup on. I just never like I've had body image issues for sure um but I've always been quite happy with who I am as a person like generally because it's just so much hard work to pretend to be someone else (laughs) um it's just so much hard work and I think because because now I'm in a job where I'm I'm writing and I'm always thinking about how I can improve the business or I'm working with clients. Like my brain is taken up with so much deep work all the time. I just don't have any other option than to show up how I am on Instagram because I don't have time to (laughs) pretend to be anyone else. If that makes sense, like it's just the easiest thing to do. And I know it's really it is hard if you've got low self esteem or if you feel like you're not good enough, but I think because from day one I was vulnerable and people responded to that, like it's it's given me that um, positive reinforcement, I guess. I think being vulnerable online is hard, but it generally always gets a positive response. And I think the more you do it, the easier it gets. Because people will always... Even if you're not someone's cup of tea, I think people always respect, will always respect you for just being honest and being who you are. And it yeah. might, the way you are might divide people, but I would rather have a small audience of people who really get me and understand me and like the things that I like, as opposed to a bigger audience of people who think I'm someone that I'm not. Yeah.
0: and I think I've been learning that too and what you say really resonates with me because I find that the more that I step into being honest about what I think and saying what I think in the way that I would say it in my normal life or showing up just as I am without pretending to be something I'm not the more people that respond but also the more negative reactions that you might get as well Or just people, you know, unfollowing you or unsubscribing from your email list or whatever it might be. And that's good because they're not your people. Yes, exactly. And I think that a lot of people online, especially women that are starting their own businesses, I find I think a lot of us do go through that period of kind of being nothing to no one because we're trying to kind of please everyone and not be too too much this or not enough this or just trying to be kind of you know oh well I can just appeal to everyone and I'm not online to cause any drama you know I just want to do my thing but I actually think that the more that I do it the more I realize that it's actually about stepping up and being who you are even if that means that some people are going to be like oh unfollow I hate this this is so not me and it's that polarizing thing that actually It's not even about that. I mean, I think that's a byproduct of it. Polarizing people is a byproduct of it. But it's like you say, you'd prefer to be liked or you'd prefer to be in a community of people that understand you and that you understand that you have a real rapport with a smaller community than to basically, you know, be nothing to no one or to be a bit bland and forgettable. And I think that's so important. Yeah. For example, I love the fact that you share your workouts because it makes me think she's like me because I do workouts nearly every day in front of a YouTube video or whatever in my living room right next to my desk, like right where we're recording this right now. And I don't look like a fitness model when I work out. I don't have tight abs or size six sweaty Betty leggings on, you know, I just wear whatever black baggy leggings I've got hanging around and I just shove my hair back and I just get on with it and I feel I have felt in the past like why would anyone want to see that Mm. but sometimes I will say oh I did a workout today and you know it's actually really cheered me up you know I didn't want to do it before I pressed play on the YouTube video or whatever but now actually I'm really glad that I did it I feel better and I'll post that sweaty workout selfie and I would do that not in the hope that people would be impressed but that people would sort of say oh yeah that's what I look like after I work out you know yeah. so it's actually is everything would always be it's okay to be me but I think I struggle with thinking oh well no one cares or no one's interested or why would I sh- why would I show that and it's that constant like balance between
1: being who you are And then that voice in your head that says, well, no one cares. And I think if you're thinking like, should I post this online or shouldn't I? Like, I think you always should, because that means that it's, you're either pushing yourself or you're, you've, you're falling on one side of a a fence that maybe you think might, might rock the boat a bit. Did you see that I've asked people to comment on a bit of copy that i would written on my website about Kim Kardashian's arse? yes I did see that so I'd written a line um on one of my sales pages that said with me you'll never write a half-arsed piece of content again it'll only be full arsed content <laughs> Um, think about Kim Kardashian's arse because that's what we're going for and I obviously thought this was hilarious I was like well done you <laughs> that's a snazzy piece of copy and then it just kept I'm dying laughing over here. I, I listen.
0: I read that line on your website, and I thought, yeah, I hundred I percent understand what you're talking about. Half-assed, full last Kim Kardashian's ass. Yeah, I got it. I
1: thought it was great, but it was it was kind of on my mind for years. Like, should I say this or shouldn't I? Is that is that does it make me a bad feminist that I've like objectified their arse <laughs> And then <laughs> I asked on Instagram what people thought and um did a poll to see what people thought and most people said yeah they thought it was it was good to keep it but then I got a few dms from people saying like no I, I really don't like this I think you should delete it and I was like that that was when I realized though that my mind was already made up and I was like no I'm keeping it um so I think yeah stuff like that it's it's just those little bits of showing who you are and just sticking to your guns I think that weeds out the people that aren't meant to be there um well you know it's not that they're wrong it's just that you're not the, I'm not the person to serve them
0: yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent I just I, I just thought I saw that line and I was like I totally get what you mean I think it's great yeah it paints a picture <laughs> yeah, definitely paints a picture I love it and um yeah it's like you were saying I just think it really divides the people and just shows people it's actually quite helpful like the more that you show up as yourself the more you're sort of signposting to people
1: whether you're right for them or not it's actually kind of doing them a favor really and I think the more you show up as yourself it just gives other people the permission to as well so hopefully empowers lots of other people to go out and do their thing totally totally yeah
0: love it I mean talking about being a bad feminist could be like a whole nother podcast couldn't it because it's just like oh well do I I don't want to I don't want to objectify her but also it's quite a good line and you know she's the one that made her arse
1: a thing anyway like you know That's so. what I, that was my reasoning that she is happy for everyone to talk about our. so she is. I, think, I think Kim would appreciate it so yeah definitely absolutely I love it it's just such
0: a great example of something that can really divide people, but. The people that are going to work with you, you want them to get it. You want them to be the kind of people that aren't going to be offended by that. Exactly. Yeah. I want people that don't take themselves too seriously. Absolutely. I love it. So talking of your website, there is a line, I think it's on your About Me page. And it says, you know, you didn't think you were good enough to be a writer when you were younger. And, you know, it's not as if you went to uni and did creative writing or even studied English or I mean, or maybe you did study English. but I studied music. Of course you did. Yes, I remember reading that. So here you are with two books that are bloody great, that are really successful. And you've got a career, which is basically you making a living through your writing. So where do you think your self-doubt came from? That idea, like, "Hmm, I didn't think I was good enough to be a writer. I didn't consider it as a career. Where do you think that that came from?
1: I loved English when I was at school and then when it came round to making choices for uni at that point I just thought if I do English at uni I'm not going to become a professional writer I'll just become a teacher and I don't want to be a teacher so that was kind of the main reason that I didn't go for it because I just couldn't see I felt like I was really going to pigeonhole myself and I didn't I just didn't think that I could be I could write for fun for a living like I just thought I'm going to end up doing something that I don't want to do I couldn't really and I knew I didn't want to be a journalist because I've never been into current affairs so I thought I can't go and be like a new journalist Um, and I guess I didn't really think that writing for magazines was an option I don't know why I didn't think of that Um, and obviously blogging and stuff didn't exist back then so that wasn't an option so I just kind of wrote it off as a career option thought it's not just doesn't sound like it's going to be any fun so I decided to study music instead because that sounded like fun um and then when I graduated from music I knew I didn't want to do that and then I think I just thought well that's all that's all my options like I can't that was my that was my time at uni like I can't go and trained to be a writer now because I've I've done my three years at Unity. I can't afford to go and do another whole degree. Um, so I just thought well I'll just get a job um and got a job in a coffee shop and I and I just kinda doubled down on that and thought well I've got to prove to myself now or prove to everyone else that um that I'm not a failure and that because I didn't study music then or I didn't get a job in music that that, that I can still make something of myself um see so yeah, I don't know why I don't know how I decided that I could get published I just I just wrote for so long that it became like second nature and I think that how I managed to get rid of the self-doubt was by writing for myself and not writing for anyone else I was never writing when I was blogging I was never writing thinking oh I hope this gets published one day I hope I can write for a magazine or newspaper like that just wasn't even on my agenda because probably deep down I just didn't think it was possible so I wrote you know when they say dance like no one's watching like I was writing like nobody was reading it I was just writing it for myself and I think that's what you've got to do as a writer you've got to let go of the fact that someone will read it one day you've just got to kind of write fearlessly. That ah. Sentence
0: just made all the hairs on my body go up. <laughs> I just got a shiver down my spine in a brilliant way when you just said that. I just write like nobody's reading. I mean, what a bloody brilliant life philosophy. I mean, <laughs> look how it's turned out. People are reading anyway. So it turned out brilliantly anyway. Um, that's awesome. What a fantastic story. Um your book, Depression in the Digital Age. Was that something that started out just writing for you as well or did you think hold on a minute I've got a story here I'm gonna go and find an agent I'm gonna get published and I'm gonna write my memoir like how did that book come about because it was your first book it's about something that's really vulnerable to you how did it work?
1: I at that point I'd been blogging for a couple of years and I felt like I'd You know, I had a good audience. I'd found my, my niche of mental health, and I was really enjoying writing. But I kind of got caught up in wanting to be a blogger. So I was starting to think, how can I make money as a blogger? How can I get sponsored content? How can I work with brands? Or how can I get enough page views that I can make money from advertising? And I just kind of got lost for a while, and started writing with an idea of trying to make money. And then I went on holiday. And I read two really good books. I read Control-Alt-Delete by Emma Gannon. And I read Mad Girl by Bryony Gordon. And yeah, after I finished I've reading... Read, read both of those, are great. Oh, yeah, so good. After I'd read both of them, so Mad Girl is about mental health, Control-Alt-Delete is about uh, growing up with the internet. I just thought these two books are like two... Two segments of my life they're like a venn diagram and like my life's in the middle and that's where i came up with the idea of if i wrote a book it would be really good to talk about what it's like to um live with a mental illness in this in this age of social media and at that point nobody was really talking about you know there was little here and there of oh, you know social media is really bad for your mental mental health but nobody had written like a long form book about it. Um, and I just I wrote down Depression in a Digital Age, I wrote it on a bit of paper because I was on holiday line by the pool. Another example of why time off is so good for your brain. Great for creativity. Um, 100%. Isn't it amazing how
0: when you give yourself permission to do absolutely nothing you're suddenly like oh my god I have a million amazing ideas brilliant I'm gonna write them all down on a napkin anyway carry on
1: (laughs) yeah so yeah I came up with that idea and then that was in October time and then I just kind of had that in my head I thought I think my next big project is I'd I'd like to write a book so I started to think about what what that would look like and would I get an agent how would I get a deal All all those kind of big myself permission to dream those big dreams really and then and I think it was towards the end of November um, I saw that a publisher were looking for submissions and they it's my publisher so they're called Trigger and they're a mental health publisher so they only publish at that time only published mental health books so I thought oh that's great that already they're going to be interested um, and it just so happened that I'd been to a job interview with them the year before, but didn't get the job. And so I'd already I already knew a couple of people that worked there, which was great. So I thought this is this could work out. Um and they were holding an um like a night where you could go along and meet people and they would give you a talk on how to submit. Um so because they're an indie publisher, so they we're like really open and looking for submissions and really like easy to talk to. So I was like, oh, should I go? Should I not go? And my husband was like, you've got to go, you've got to go. So I went along, and luckily I'd had this idea in my head. So I went up and said hello to the person that interviewed me. And I said, oh, I've got an idea for a book. It's about how I overcame a mental illness, but in, in relation to social media yeah. called Depression in a Digital Age. And he, we went, oh, that sounds really interesting. You know, when they say an elevator pitch, I literally, that was what I I had, which was great. Um, And then he said, could you, can you write up a proposal, send it over um, before Christmas? So that was December. So I wrote the proposal, sent it over, and then they asked me to write some sample chapters. So I wrote two sample chapters. And then in February, um, I got the contract. So from come up and I was coming up with the idea in October to sign in on the dotted line in February and the book came out in the November. That's amazing. So yeah, it was quite a quick turnaround. It felt like a quick turnaround. Like I didn't realise books were written so quickly.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's incredible. What an amazing story. All the pieces just like coming together like that. Mm. I think that's such an incre- incredible lesson though. I think often in life we need to make the first move or have the first idea or have the confidence to like you say give yourself permission to dream big and then once you do that quite often things do sort of just pop up I don't know what you would call it I'm not a very woo-woo person I don't really believe in the universe and things like that but sometimes it does seem as though there's something working there like even if it's just the fact that you're paying more attention to opportunities or
1: yeah I think it's just all to do with um I just well I just wrote an Instagram caption about this today actually about your attitude and how if you've got a bad attitude then bad things are gonna happen, but if you have a good attitude then good things are gonna happen. Like if so somebody who wasn't in a good headspace might have saw that advert for the for the open night at the publishers and thought, Well, I'm not ready, I don't have anything to say, I don't have an idea it's too far away it's on a Saturday night I'm not going to go on a Saturday night on my own time whereas I was like oh I really want to write a book this has just fallen into my lap yeah nothing might come of it but something might come of it so it just yeah it's really really about being open to things even when I went to for the job interview with publisher they it was a job interview for um their office which is two and a half hours away from where I live and I wouldn't have been able to work in the office (laughs) but I asked them if they would if they would offer work from home and they said no and then they emailed me back and said actually just come in for the interview and then we'll see went for the interview didn't get it but it was still so worth it to have met those people and then follow them on social media and then a year later see this tweet so it's just being open to things that you might not realize how it's going to play a part in your life like six months down the line totally yeah I love that
0: I think it's so key as well just to say actually having an open mind and having a positive attitude isn't just about whitewashing your feelings or you know being a Pollyanna pretending that everything's fine you know, like I say, kind of people often call it um, like emotional bypassing, you know, just pretend that everything's fine. Just whack an inspirational quote on it or just be positive. Life's better that way. And it's actually a reminder to those of us who are inclined towards anxiety or perhaps inclined towards depression or negative thoughts or who have had depression and maybe worry about it coming back. I feel like those practical tips are actually just really helpful. You're not saying be positive for the sake of it you're not saying cheer up you know no one likes you know it no one likes being sad or no one likes people that are depressed it's more like it's more like actually it it can be so useful for you and so so much more brilliant for you if you cultivate a mental attitude that is open yeah. and that is that is going to notice those opportunities and that possibility
1: yeah I've that- written a lot about um, toxic positivity and how I'm not I'm not into this whole think positive as a blanket term for how we all should be I think if you're feeling sad you should be sad if you're anxious dig into why that is if you're grieving like there's so many emotions that can, can come up if you're angry at someone like don't pretend you're not like you all the you've got to feel all these feelings and you've got to especially sadness and you know these negative emotions you've got to feel them and experience them so that you can live through them and know that they're not the worst thing that can happen like you can live through them and you'll be stronger um because you can look back and go well that was a horrible time but I survived it so if I feel sad today it's better to just feel it today and live through it than pretend it's not there um just like you say it's a it's about it's not about pretending to be happy it's about doing the things and cultivating that positive mindset so that you can kind of make it more likely to occur (laughs) you know
0: yeah I mean that's what I talk about when I say you know when I suggest meditation and why I teach meditation because for me it's not for everyone but for me and for the people that I help Meditation is a tool that they use to actually learn how to feel their feelings and actually be able to sit with how they're feeling. And, like you say, not trying to pretend that you're not angry or feeling bad about being anxious, but actually acknowledging that you feel that way and then sitting with it and thinking, maybe what is this trying to tell me? Or just in the knowledge that some days you feel better than others, and that's also fine. And that's just about being human, and you don't always have to be forcing yourself to feel a different way and I think that's such an incredible tip for life because I grew up thinking that I had to kind of bully myself into being positive or I had to deny what I was feeling because it's not how I should have been feeling and actually a huge lesson of my work now and everything I talk about now and discovering other people's stories is that that lesson like it's okay to feel what you feel and you don't have to pretend to be anything else. And it's how you deal with that, like how you acknowledge it and notice it and work through it that is so powerful. Yeah.
1: And I think a lot of us don't like from growing up don't just don't have the vocabulary to totally. actually explain how we feel. Like a lot of people it's like happy or sad. That's it. and um, well I would I would never say sad when I was a kid, like if my if my parents say what's wrong i would always just say oh i'm tired exactly that was the answer to everything i'm just tired because yeah. you were like did not know how to explain how you're feeling especially as a teenager yeah um, which was and like I think why writing often, is so good for me yeah
0: writing is an amazing way of kind of digging into those feelings i think writing as well can feel like a companion to yourself as well i'm not sure if you feel this um Because, I mean, I spoke about this actually in a podcast episode that I released a couple of weeks ago about creating that safe space where it's okay to feel what you feel. Because I think, especially as a teenager, for me, even if I felt like I could have had the vocabulary to explain what I was feeling, even if I admitted to my parents or to my friends or whatever, that I wasn't feeling great, I'm not sure that they would have known what to do with it. Mm, Because it wasn't... want them to know. Yeah, Exactly. It's like I don't want them to know or I don't want to feel as though speaking about the way I feel is making it their problem Hmm. because I didn't have any coping mechanisms to once I'd acknowledged how I was feeling, what am I going to do about it now? Like, do I have to do anything about it? What's the next step? And so I just didn't even want to acknowledge the feelings in the first place because then I wouldn't have to deal with them, which works brilliantly until it doesn't.
1: (laughs) I definitely, I need to digest things and sit with them myself for a while before I talk about them so like you say writing's great because you can write them and you can kind of look over it and like experience it and then maybe have the word form the words to bring it up with someone else A
0: 100% a 100% yeah and I think for me journaling is I always say that for me journaling is like a a physical manifestation of my meditation because it's like the meditation helps me to Dig deep underneath all the feelings and sort of let the dust settle and give me space to feel what I'm feeling. But then journaling or writing is kind of like, oh, this is how I'm actually going to process what's come up in that meditation session or whatever. So it, it sort of works together. So, a question that I always ask people on this podcast is what do you do now to help yourself deal with anxiety, depression? mental health issues as a female business owner and obviously people will need to read your book the fourth part of your book in order to really know all of your kind of tips but are there any things in your daily routine that are absolutely kind of non-negotiable or that
1: you swear by now to keep your mental health well? I think I definitely like I'm not normally one for a routine although I'll be honest lockdown has kind of forced me into a routine strangely and it's as it has helped but normally when I put myself into a routine then I feel bad if I don't stick to it which makes me feel guilty so I kind of give myself permission to do as I feel day to day and things something that helps me one day and may not help me the next so I have a lot of things that I do and I kind of pick and choose day to day depending on how I'm feeling um but getting outside is a is a big one for me. Getting outside every day because working from home, it can be easy to just stay at home all day and not leave the house. So I try and get out every single day, even if it's just to walk around the block. Um getting a change of scenery is a big one for me as well, which is really, really hard at the moment. But it used to be go just going to a coffee shop or going to a different coffee shop or even sitting in a different chair in a coffee shop. Um is really great for just it is that physical thing of a different perspective and um, and looking out of a different window and seeing different things is really helpful for me exercise is such a you know typical thing to say but it really does help me and um, at the moment I'm doing exercise every morning during the week so I do it at half nine before I do anything else and um, also I love sleep so I don't get up particularly early I get up at nine and then do my class at half nine I need like a good 10 hours sleep every night like I could never have kids I'd be I wouldn't be able to survive on little sleep um and learning is another thing for me as well I've just realized this year um so just always trying to be better at what I'm doing so whether it's writing or digital marketing or in um, doing my own website like I love that I think that's one of the great gifts of being freelance is that if you want to you know do some self-development in one area you can do it if you want to outsource you can but you know if I want to be able to do this thing then I can I can learn to do it myself so learning something that I really enjoy and I'm trying to build my business in a way that facilitates that so that I can have a couple of days a week where I'm just reading or I'm doing um, a writing course or watching tutorials and stuff like that so that's stuff that really makes me feel I guess it's like a productive thing but it's not about getting work done it's just about getting better at what I'm doing and feeling really feeling proud that I have the right to be doing what I'm doing and kind of moving forward in a way that isn't necessarily it's not about making more money or getting more clients. It's just about being really proud of what I do. Totally. Yeah. I relate
0: so much to that. And thank you for being honest as well about the fact that, you know, you don't necessarily do the same five things every day before 8am or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cause I think there is such a huge culture of that online and a lot of it's really well-meaning. Like there are loads of really successful entrepreneurs that are like, listen, if you just do this incredible morning routine, you know, your life will be transformed. You'll be really productive And I think it works for some people, but like you say, for other people, it just makes you feel more stressed and you spend more time trying to get your morning routine done than actually doing the work that it's supposed to help you do. And we just feel kind of like caged in to a kind of routine of our own making. And the whole point is that we want to be free and get in flow and be creative. And actually it's kind of, it works in the opposite way.
1: Yeah.
0: And I also think this is something that comes up a lot in my work as well because meditation is often talked about as, you know, it has to be for this many minutes and you have to do it at the same time every single day. And it has to be a super rigid routine and it must be a habit. And all of those things are true and can be really helpful. But I think that when you're someone who's prone to anxiety anyway, but also when you're someone who needs to kind of be in touch with how you're feeling on a day-to-day basis, like maybe Today, you do want to go for an hour long walk or maybe today, actually, like you say, you just want to go out around the block and that's enough. And, you know, you're a writer, but you're not saying, oh, yes, well, I start every single morning with an hour of like solid journaling. And it's just so refreshing to hear someone say, like, actually, you know what? I don't have this crazy morning routine. I do what feels right for me. I get up when I want to you know you're not part of the like 5am cult as I like to call it you know and yet here you are running your own business being successful you know so I just love that I love that honesty and I think it's it's so great for other people to hear that I think because like I say I call it a bit of a cult like the whole 5am doing an hour workout I wish
1: I could be like that because some you know when I do get up early for whatever reason and exercise early in the morning I do feel like really smug but it's just not a sustainable thing for me um and when you look at my diary my diary is very empty um I so I used to do the three things rule which was three things a day but I only ever give myself three tasks and now um because I exercise and then I have a shower by the time I sit down to my desk it's like half 10 so I do I assign myself one task in the morning and one task in the afternoon and that's it Brilliant. and anything else on top of that is a bonus Brilliant. I usually do little admin tasks here and there but yeah that's all I assign myself and I just feel it gives me that flexibility to to you know if I get a call and someone says can you do this bit of work then I've got the space to do it like I'm not the kind of person to I used to be but I'm not now the kind of person that will max out every day from nine to five um I need I need big spaces big blank spaces of uh regular room totally yeah I'm the same 100%
0: feels so great to hear someone else say that it's like you say it gives me permission to be like I'm like that it's okay Mm -hmm. it's fine it's fine for us to build our businesses the way that we want them to that to work for us not the other way around I love it okay cool so as you know my brand is called breathe like a badass and the podcast is called breathe like a badass and some people have an issue with that word but for me badass just means a woman in business who is confident in who she is, focused on her stuff, getting shit done, and feeling good about it. What would you say it means to you? Does it mean anything to you?
1: Yeah, I use I use the word badass sometimes. And yeah, it doesn't really bother me. I yeah. to me, yeah, to me, being a badass is about just owning who you are and being yourself. And for me, that's about knowing that I am an introvert and um, I like alone time I like time to myself um but that means that when I do have to do the work and I have to show up then I'm energized and I can give I can give what I need to give to a project does that make sense
0: (laughs) perfect sense I love it absolutely I think it's so great and I mean my boyfriend identifies as an introvert and I think that the way that we're starting to see in the past few years people kind of reclaiming that term because when I was growing up being an introvert was kind of a bit of a kind of a little bit not really something you'd want to be you know Mm -hmm. um and people would say gosh they're a bit of an introvert they're a bit shy they're a bit quiet you know not very not very outgoing and it was kind of like a bad thing and now I'm kind of realizing like actually just knowing who you are whether you are an introvert or an extrovert or somewhere in the middle like I am it's like it's so powerful it's so freeing to just be able to say like that's what I am that's what I
1: need well I didn't know that that was what I was until like not that long ago a few years ago um I'd never I'd heard people say introvert but I'd never really identified myself as one and when I realized that I because my husband's an extrovert and a lot of the time, I'll be like, no, like I need to go home now. Or we'll spend all day with people. And he'll want to stay all night. And I'll say, but that's me hit my limit now. And I didn't really, I thought I was just being rude. But I didn't realize that it's because i that drains me. And I, t- I get energy from being alone. And that's how I recharge. Um, so now that I've figured that out, because that had a lot to do with my social anxiety as well. So I was pushing myself to be more sociable, um, thinking that that was... The normal way to be. I didn't realize that that was that's just the way I am. That's my personality, and I can't really change it. um How's So it? now, and like you say, it's just knowing, having that label for it, and that explanation is really helpful because then, um, now I can build my business around that, and I can say, well, if I've got a speaking gig on a Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, like I can't be doing a lot of work because I know I'm going to be absolutely knackered um whereas some people could go and do speaking you know every day and that would be their job but I know that that's not for me so just having that definition um yeah. Quiet by Susan Kane is an amazing book all about introverts um and that that made me feel great about being an introvert and she talks about um all the benefits of being an introvert and um being a kind of deep thinker and stuff like that so I think the more you can know about yourself then the more you can play to those strengths and not feel bad about not fitting the mold of what's expected
0: a hundred percent you literally just summarized my entire business mission in your last sentence so I just bloody love it the more that you know yourself you know the more that you can be yourself like bloody hell that's just everything that I live for really love it fantastic okay so we're coming to the end of my questions but I did want to ask is there anything that I should have asked you but I haven't, that you feel like you really need to say or something that you want to shout about? So one of the
1: things that I've figured out through working with a coach is that I guess I had this limiting belief that I couldn't make a lot of money or make a a, a big chunk of my income from being creative. Um, I thought I'd have to make my money from writing content for other people or doing social media management kind of stuff, stuff that doesn't really light my soul on fire, (laughs) but pays the bills. Um, And she kind of challenged me to think about how I could make money being creative. And that led me to come up with the idea to show other people how to be creative. So I am launching a creative writing course for freelancers and small business owners. And it's called Find Your Voice. And It's kind of what we've been talking about, basically just figuring out how you can show up as yourself online and how you can translate that into written word, whether it's for your website or blog posts or Instagram captions and how you can really inject your personality into your writing as opposed to just churning out sales jargon. Um, So I'm really excited to be launching that. It's my first ever online course. It's going to be live weekly live training videos and then um written exercises to help you find your voice um so perfect doors, yeah so the doors are open for that on the 18th of may doors close at the end of may and then we start um, at the end of june and if it's a success then we'll be running it again but it's the first time round, so i'm really excited about it oh
0: my god so perfect it's just the the amazing mix of whenever you launch anything online it's like kind of 30% terror 70% excitement all rolled into one and you're just like I don't know if it's gonna work I'm gonna try anyway
1: yeah that's it you've just got to try haven't you and um yeah I'm I'm really excited I've had a lot of interest so I'm confident that, that we'll have some a lot of students sign up and it'll be great fun I'm just really excited to work with a group for a change as opposed to working you know one-on-one with small businesses because I know that a lot of small businesses can't afford to outsource so this gives them the skills that they need um like i was saying about me working on my self-development i know there's a lot of people out there that they want to write and but they just feel they're not they don't have the skills to do it the way they want to so hopefully it'll empower a lot of businesses to really level up their writing that's so perfect
0: i love that so much yeah i completely agree completely agree okay so unless there's anything else that you want to mention of course, I would love for you to let people know how they can come and find out more about you. Uh, buy your books, pre-order, out of office, of course. And um, yeah, just come and say hi and just see you being a total badass on the Instagrams and all of that stuff.
1: Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Fiona Likes to Blog. Uh, Fiona Thomas is my name on there or to com is my website where you can find all, all the information on everything, my books. My courses, um, my social media accounts, um yeah, I think and you can get both books on Amazon, but also because I know some people don't like Amazon, you can get them on like Foils, Waterstones, WH Smith Book Depository. You can get them everywhere. So yeah. Perfect.
0: Okay. This has been such a joy.
1: Thank you Amazing. so much for your time. well it's so nice to talk to you.
0: Yeah, and obviously I wish you the best of luck you don't need luck because it's already doing bloody brilliantly for your course and um yeah I just I can't wait to just carry on following you online and seeing all the amazing things that you're doing and encouraging women and freelancers to kind of do their own thing and own their shit and and make work work for them yeah. rather than around brilliant oh, stuff thank you If you enjoy this podcast the best way to support it is to hit subscribe and leave a review on apple podcasts or wherever you usually listen so that many other like-minded women just like you and me can discover it and share the word i'd also absolutely love it if you could let me know what your favorite takeaway was from this week's episode come and tag me on instagram at breathe like a badass. You can take a screenshot of the podcast episode that you're listening to or just come and drop me a DM because let's be honest, I'm on Instagram pretty much every single day and I would absolutely love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening. As I say, the best way that you could continue to support podcasts like this and incredible women in business, just like the ones that I interview on this show, is to hit subscribe, leave a review and share. In the meantime, thank you again and I cannot wait. To see you back here for next week's episode. Just remember, breathe like the badass you are and you won't go far wrong.